0: Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in the health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, and I'm really excited for today's conversation. I am joined by Gabby Robley- (laughs) Bledo! I knew I was going to mess up your name, Um, (laughs) is a flow state and mindset coach who aims to help high performers unlock their inner warrior. She uses a mind-body-spirit approach to help people overcome limiting beliefs, particularly around worthiness, and eliminate subconscious stress and anxiety to experience peak performance, performance and personal power. She grew up in a very unconventional lifestyle, living in an RV, which is actually where she's joining us from today, and traveling the world with her family of seven since she was 14 years old. This led her to becoming the co-founder of the blog Nomads with a Purpose, which has grown to be a multimedia adventure travel and wellness brand for over 70,000 readers per month. She believes everyone can become a warrior of their highest self through the use of flow state, she helps people expand their consciousness to live a life of more fulfillment and purpose. So Gabby, welcome to the show.
1: I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to chat with you.
0: Yeah. So there's so much I'm excited to dive into with you, but I guess your your bio provided a little background, but just kind of for our listeners, I like to give some idea of like how you got into doing what you do. Um, yeah.
1: So um, I grew up with a super conventional lifestyle at first. Um My parents owned a gym in San Diego and I was homeschooled my whole life. And, um, I, so I grew up in a gym and that led me to become a pretty avid athlete from a young age. And so I was always in these high intensity competitive sports. Um, but at some point my, my family got tired of the rat race and my parents decided, uh, to move me and my four siblings and I, uh, into an RV to travel the world full time. Um, and in doing so that just, totally shifted my life my whole paradigm because I was in a a world where I was constantly comparing myself to other people and I it wasn't necessarily fulfilling for me I wasn't necessarily happy and then when we we started traveling the world um to primarily outdoor destinations and we were surfing and rock climbing and when I started surfing and rock climbing my mind I was just everything changed because I discovered flow state which is what uh I talk all about and in discovering flow state um I discovered a sense of intrinsic fulfillment that I had never felt before. And it was particularly interesting because at the time I was uh, I was 14 when we moved into an RV and I saw my peers just in a totally different world, you know, um, in the world of talking about homework and gossip and he did this, she did that. And there was a part of me that wanted to be accepted by my peer group. And simultaneously, mm-hmm. I was like, I can either be accepted or I can do this other thing Pursue flow state and just go against the the grain, and I'm actually happier. And so it was kind of this difficult contrast for many years because I wanted to be accepted, but I also found this sense of inner fulfillment. And that's what led me to start um, having some mindfulness around um, my belief systems because I had these belief systems around I had to be accepted, to be seen as worthy, and I had to be um, successful or achievement oriented to be seen as worthy. And so when I started dissecting all that, I started. Getting more into um, how can I transition these beliefs to kind of work for me instead of against me, and then simultaneously just living, um, spending all this time out in nature, and deciding that I wanted to pursue this alternative path. Um, my mom and I decided to co-found um, Nomads with a Purpose, which is our adventure travel and wellness brand. Um, and I was sixteen at the time when we when we did that, and then that kind of completed the puzzle for me because I realized that. Flow State gave you this power as kind of this bridge point to step into your personal power. And then from that place of personal power, I could start living purposefully um, with an aim towards trying to um, make this business succeed from a young age. And so that kind of just um, slingshotted me forward into becoming an entrepreneur at a young age and then now building this framework, which I call Flow State Warriors, um, where I help people step into um, their personal power and um, pursue purpose by using flow state as a mind-body spirit training regime.
0: Very cool. That's like your story is awesome. I mean, becoming an entrepreneur in your team is like super cool <laughs> and just, you know diving tapping into that. And I think so much of, your story and just what we're going to talk about applies to so many women. And it's one of the, the things that, you know, holds so many of us back, especially when we're these overachieving high performers is I, I would argue we're not usually connected to our flow state and we're not achieving in the areas where we're really fulfilled and stepping into our power. And like, that's one of the biggest thing that hinders us and holds us back. So I'm super excited to dive into that conversation before we do. Cause I, I told you when, before we started, recording, I ask in my paperwork, like how often, or how much you spend of your day do you spend in the flow state? And everyone's like, what the heck is the flow state? So can we define that? And then we'll dive into this conversation around worthiness and power.
1: Yeah, for sure. So Flow state, as a general simplistic version of it, is an altered state of consciousness where we are in our peak performance. Now, the only thing I like to look at look at it as is that high p- or peak performance is not necessarily the most stereotypical version of peak performance that you always think of. So, a lot of times when we're talking about flow state, you end up thinking of the most elite athletes and um, you know the most extreme people. But if you look at what peak performance really means, peak is um, to the best of your ability. And performance is something that's intrinsic, not extrinsic. Performance is the best that you can bring. And so peak performance is all about really stepping into our highest potential. And it's not always about this achievement-oriented world that we're typically drawn towards. And that's actually pretty much what state is all about. It's about coming into a place of intrinsic creativity, intrinsic desire, and intrinsic fulfillment, rather than doing it for something external out there, for like affirmation, validation, or some status that we are often taught that we need to achieve.
0: I love it. And it's so hard to let go of that status or that, you know, I've shared the story on the show. I built a seven-figure business based on <laughs> extrinsic stuff and it didn't fulfill me at all. And the day I realized that was kind of rough. So, um, you know, I know- yeah. So many women listening to this are, are probably in that, that space where they don't even know, really know how to connect intrinsically. So
1: absolutely. And so in the process of flow state is an interesting thing because it's both the means of achieving the thing, but it's also the result. Because when yeah. you start doing the thing, which is flow state, you realize, wait, this is what I want. I don't necessarily need to have things in my external world because it's already the emotional state that I've tr- been trying to achieve so long is already within me.
0: I love it. And that's, that's really powerful just to think about, like, you don't need all the stuff around you that we tend to associate with. And I think you really exemplify that just by traveling around the world, living in an RV, like you guys don't have a home address or anything, right? You...
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You don't have a home address. And I think it's we, cause we made the decision to move into an RV before we kind of um became aware, and I when I say we, I mean my parents because of course they were the big influence in the right. lifestyle. Um, and it was we just made the decision first. and after the fact, we realized we kind of put the label on what that pull was because I think we all kind of have that general pull. like there's got to be more to life than just obtaining the status of things because my parents they had achieved the business and they had raised five kids and they had the house and with the pool and the barbecue, all the things, and they're like, we're not happy. so that's what made them decide to do. It. And then it just was constantly ingrained to us in our childhood to like, what makes you happy? What's your, what are you passionate about? And then from that place of passion, now let's look at your future and think about what's going to fulfill you in your future life and in your present.
0: So powerful and it sounds so simple. And yet I know it's so hard for so many of us. So let's Absolutely. like, where, yeah. Where do you start with this? And I know you, you mentioned self-worth. And there's a like a lot of that conversation that goes into this because it can be scary and it can be confronting and challenging. And a lot of the women I coach and work with, you know, I tend to work with the, and those who listen to the show are, are you know, we're high achievers. We have careers as well as families. And, you know, we have some level of identity that's wrapped up in those things. And we've probably pushed ourselves because on some level we don't feel like we have self-worth. So how do we start to, you know, powerfully step into what it is that really drives and fulfills us.
1: All right. So this has multiple facets to it. So, um, the whole, I guess, framework of going through this flow feeling of fulfillment and flow state and purpose it's kind of this um, I think of it as like an infinity symbol that you're constantly working towards because mm-hmm. you're gonna always work through the discipline side of it. And that's where entrepreneurs tend to be good at being disciplined, like I gotta sit down, and I gotta do this, all this work, and I gotta make a plan for my business and sh- be strategic about it. But then the sense of surrender that comes from that's a little bit more involves your spirit in your mind and less about being actually in the body and doing the things. And so you you're gonna be work, you work between multiple facets and So the first facet is working constantly on your belief system. So how do you get to a place of sense of worthiness first, right? Um, And it starts by simply becoming present first, because if if you can't be present first, then you can't even notice the beliefs that are coming up. And whenever I'm coaching people, I always have them spend at least a week, if not a month, um, going through every single day and writing down what their thoughts are when they're triggered, because the triggers are, of course, um, our biggest indicators of what our self-limiting beliefs are because where we have anger or fear or sadness Mm -hmm. at the root of that you're going to find your unworthiness and that's a big thing to think about because a lot of people uh, and maybe in in your community people are more aware of unworthiness beliefs but a lot of people try not try to hide the fact they have unworthiness beliefs there's a that's why i talk about it so much because people are still so like not willing to admit that they're unworthy which is a really powerful sign that you probably feel even more unworthy so (laughs) Looking at all the things that make you angry in a day, anger is such a powerful um, indicator of this. And and then writing down your thoughts, saying this scenario happened in my life and it triggered me because I thought this or it made me feel like this. Kind of like the most simplistic form of journaling, almost, but just trying to keep it, you know, simple. And from that, you ask yourself why. Why did this s- saying that someone said to me make me feel that way. Because at the root of that, that's when you start to notice your specific beliefs. And then, you know, like, let's say, um, you know, you're getting in an argument with someone about money. You say, well, why do I have, why does this conversation about money make me angry? Well, because I feel like I don't have enough money. Um, Well, why do you feel like you don't have enough money? Because I feel like I don't deserve money. And then that's when you get to anytime you get to a deservingness thing that's coming from unworthiness. I mean, most things I tell people like 90 percent of beliefs come back to a belief that you are unworthy of that thing. And so that's how that's the starting point of working with your unworthiness, beliefs, becoming present and starting to notice them, because from that point, you're you stop running autopilot. As soon as you catch the thought and you you turn it into an awareness, you can't run autopilot because our brains are addicted to um, negative belief systems. We have the negative thought and our brain is chemically addicted to the negative feeling that it conjures in our body. And so we stay in that thought pattern. But if we stop it before it gets, well, when we're feeling it in our physical bodies, because all thoughts trigger feelings, then that's when you begin to shift because it sounds simple to just, you solve it by bringing awareness to it, but it really does. And then from that awareness, you just catch it. You catch it faster and faster uh, because at first it's a slow process. And so the second facet to this is actual flow state. So, you know, you know, you said how you said that you're, uh, I guess, in your paperwork that people don't know what flow state is. Yeah. So flow state is not always, like I said, something super intense. Flow state is the combination of creativity and power. So anything that you are pushing yourself in, but also bringing this sense of um, creative. Um, creativity to it, then that's mm-hmm. flow state. And so that starts by looking at what makes you feel creative. And so creativity can be something that aligns with your business, but it doesn't always have to be. A lot of people are um, think that they have to have their business be everything, right? I, I was definitely right. caught up in that for a while, but then you put too much pressure on it. And so then it's not creative. And so finding things that um, make you feel creative outside of that is extremely important. So it can be an artistic form, but it can also be movement. I always encourage people, if they're not artistic types of people, um, to that, like martial arts, gymnastics, movement that makes you feel expressive, but also challenges you on either an intellectual level or a physical level is a great starting point to get into that flow state.
0: I love it. And I was just thinking, you know, from my own life, examples of flow state things, like that I've experienced just to share with everybody to have some examples. Like, you know, I've been playing the violin since I was five. So for 30 plus years <laughs> and, um, and I'll get into a, a moment with that where like, especially when I, I joined a worship team and just kind of like riffed and didn't have music to follow and just, to, you know, we're like totally dive into flow state. Right. I get like that when I'm running too. Um, And yoga, like there's so many different ways you can do it. And I find, do you have any recommendations? Cause I find this with a lot of the women I work with, like we're so disconnected from ourselves and we focus on everyone and everything else except ourselves. I call this selfless syndrome. We talk about it on the show a lot, but like a lot of them don't even know (laughs) what their hobbies are or what those things might be. So do you have any tips for like exploring that side of yourself?
1: Yeah. So um, the first one I, uh, I like to share is that a lot of times we don't find our creative inspiration because we don't have enough quiet time. <laughs> and I'm sure if, you know, <laughs> if you're a mom, particularly you have no time. Right. And right. the, the only problem with this is that a lot of times, and I've done this for many, many years, I make excuses for all the reasons I don't have time instead of actually laying out my schedule and looking at all the places where I could fit in just 10 minutes, just 10 minutes. And in those 10 minutes, I encourage people to sit down and meditate. And I don't know if meditation is something that sh- that, um, that you've talked about in this podcast before, but meditation mm-hmm. opens up so many possibilities because what happens is we're um, we're stuck in our beta brainwaves far too much of our lives. And if you wake up first thing in the morning and you're thinking about your to-do list and I got to take my kids to school at this time or I got to start work by this time and I have a meeting at this time and you spend your entire waking hours in that beta state, the beta brainwave is inherently a productive state, but it's inherently not, you're not able to be creative in that state. And creativity comes after, like the actual act of creativity comes after you find the creative inspiration. So what I recommend people do is try to make 10 minutes. If you don't have 10 minutes, even just finding five minutes every single day to sit down and meditate because meditation brings you into your alpha brainwave. Um, And when you slow in. Um, slow down your brainwave from beta into alpha alpha is inherently your creative state and in that you're going to find something that is a calling toward wanting to create something
0: i love it and that's That's so true. And I've talked a lot, you know, all of you listening, like this is where morning routines come in to be really, really helpful. It doesn't mean you have to get up at 5am, but you know, having that dedicated time, like I usually read something in the morning before I look at anything else. Like I leave my phone on airplane mode because I don't have books anymore, but I have, you know, stuff on my phone and whether it's like just for fun or the Bible or, you know, a business book or like just something to engage my brain and more of an intellectual stimulation and, and more of that creative flow before I start thinking about yeah. it. And so that's, you know, that's one way you don't have to meditate, but like do something that can kind I of absolutely you something
1: that's mind. in your own intrinsic world, because we're so quick to be in this external world of what's happening out here. And yeah. that just inherently puts you into your beta brainwave. And the other interesting part is that um, I like to encourage you to do it. Like you said, yeah. as a morning routine or as an evening routine, because, there are the five brain waves that we go through in our day naturally, and Delta is our deepest sleep, and Theta is when we're falling asleep at night, but we're go- we go through an alpha phase every single day, and it's not about making time to, I guess, like, have this separate secluded time to be in creativity, but it's about just lengthening the time that you're already going to go through alpha because it's natural.
0: Yeah. And that's, I'm just thinking through, like, I think a lot of us are probably so focused on the extrinsic worlds, especially those of you listening to the show that like, you don't even realize that you have this, you know, time where your brain's going through these brainwaves, but we probably don't pay enough attention or even give credence to it to, to tap into that. So,
1: yeah. And the other interesting one is that's why, um you know, people who have truly packed schedules when I'm working with people who are just like, I don't have enough time. I'm telling you, I don't have enough time. I said, I tell them to listen to guided meditations when they fall asleep at night, because mm-hmm. um, in fact, sometimes it's even more effective, but you do have to bring um, some level and awareness to your thoughts first, because when you're falling asleep at night, you're falling into theta brainwaves and theta is our very um, influential state in our behaviors because it's the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So when you're in your theta brainwave, you're very easily influenced by the thought, by the sounds you hear and the colors you see. And so if you're just exhausted going throughout your day and you don't even have space to be in that alpha state, sometimes it's helpful to go straight to approach it via the, the theta brainwave yeah. um, and and start training your brain with positive reinforcement of the, the ways you want to start thinking and creating and being.
0: That's very interesting. And that's why um, some of the learning I've done and whatnot, they have like study cliff notes you can listen to before you fall asleep, because it actually helps your brain like integrate the information on a subconscious level where you don't have to actively think about it.
1: Yeah. That's totally the same idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, our brains are so interesting.
1: (laughs) So interesting. Um,
0: Yeah. There's so much to learn, but you know, taking some of this and just Starting somewhere, I think, is is the important piece.
1: And the other one is like you know, because you were asking about you know, for people who don't know where to express their creativity, mm-hmm. you gotta try everything. Like you're gonna yeah. find something that sets your soul on fire. I, I've never met anyone who hasn't found their thing, um, and I know a lot of moms who are who just forget what that thing is too, because mm-hmm. a lot of people have it when they're younger, and then then you're just getting busy with life. And you forget that you had something when you were younger that that did that to you, that set your soul on fire.
0: Yeah. And it can be fun and exciting. I know I, I, some people like grown and they're like, I don't know where to start. Yeah. But you get to go on this like exploratory thing to reconnect to a side of yourself you probably haven't seen since you were a kid. So
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And there's a sense yeah. of curiosity too, like anything that triggers curiosity. So it might not be like, okay, go, I want you to go paint today and then go draw today and then go try this movement yeah. today. Sometimes it can be learning. Learning can stimulate new neural pathways. And if you just get new neural pathways to click, then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're going to start connecting dots in new ways because you're not going to run the exact same Ah, uh, traffic pattern. I think of the neural pathways like a roadway, right? Yeah. And if you just go one block differently, you're going to see that. Oh, there's a restaurant on this corner. Um, you know, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. And now you're going to want to. Now you're going to want to start pursuing. Let me go down this road a little bit further and see what's down that way. And I'm going to make a right turn down this street, and all of a sudden you're finding this creative sense of being. And mm-hmm. you're literally to cr- be creative is to create new neural pathways.
0: Yeah. I love that. Cause we're bringing science to the, you know, whole right brain conversation, which is, (laughs) it's very important. Um, I had a thought just in that, that we'll come back to, let's just kind of recap to, and then see if there's more stuff we want to dive into with this conversation, but, you know, and we might want to circle back to the self-worth conversation, but, you know, just getting to the identifying, connecting with ourselves enough to recognize where our self-worth is, you know, at play or maybe driving us to do things that aren't in line with who we really are and, and not connecting us. And then we have connecting to that flow state, which we get to through creativity, it sounds like, or you know, at the very least, like doing something when you're falling asleep. So your data waves start thinking in that way. And then is there a next step to this or, or where, where do we go from here?
1: So, I mean, once you enter that state of, uh, of when you're trying to shift into flow state, you're also trying to shift into your worthiness so maybe we'll dive a little bit more into the worthiness part yeah. to really shift your sense of worthiness or i guess maybe let's go the other way um to enter flow state you have to you have to be fully aligned with oneself and to be aligned with yourself is to be out of that beta but it's also to be removed from your your state of self-consciousness and i I know personally that in my life, I I used to constantly just enter situations, and I was always worried about how other people were perceiving me, and I was never fully in my body to actually be the most creative expression of myself, and it also held me back from being peak performance in my athletic pursuits and in my business. I was so worried about how other people were going to perceive me in my, how I showed up on social media, how I showed up in my brand, and then I wasn't being my full authentic self. So self-consciousness has to be shifted into alignment with yourself. Well, how do you shift into alignment with yourself? You have to choose who you want to be in the first place rather than letting the world dictate how how you're going to show up. And so this this part is really as simple as taking the time to sit down and decide who you really want to be. And so I start by having people look at a big list of all the different possible character traits and you decide who you really want to be by narrowing down to like 10 or five or even three of the most important um, aspects of yourself that you want to show up in the world as. And then the equally as important part of this, where you really cultivate worthiness, is by choosing what you really value in yourself. Because values, uh, unworthiness is about feeling like I'm invaluable as a person. We feel like, and that, you know, unworthiness can also look like a dialogue of, uh, I'm not like lovable enough, but it's all essentially the same in which you don't believe you yourself as a person is valuable enough, and so then we show up in our business trying to prove our value. We try to show up in, um, you know, in all the ways in our life trying to show the world, look how valuable I am. So why is it that we all think that we're so invaluable, even though values are what we choose, and the reason for that is because we don't actually choose our values a lot of the time. And so I always have people, if they're if or when they're working through this sense of unworthiness you have to choose your values and there's no wrong answer other than it has to be something intrinsic because a lot of times we don't realize it, but we have a value on something extrinsic that we have no control over. So if I have personally, I used to be an avid athlete, but I was constantly upset that I didn't re- have the results I wanted. And that's because I put value on the, if I got first place or not. And if I constantly had my value value, on the achievement. Achievement is something outside of myself. So I'm never going to be truly fulfilled. And so I shifted that to be, well, when I show up to uh, compete or if I want to do well in my sports, I value my potential. If I'm pushing myself to my fullest potential, then I'm proud of myself. But if I don't, then it's okay to like, you can still fall short on your own values, but you're always going to have something that you can control. And more often than not, you're going to end up feeling worthy in all the situations you show up in your life, rather than having this unrealistic expectation of hoping something out there is going to fulfill something within and bringing it back to flow state. If we want to enter flow state, we have to be aligned with ourselves, and we have to be aligned with those values and who we really want to be in the first place.
0: There's so much that you just said in there, I <laughs> like mic drop. <laughs> um, you know, I, I talk about this and probably not enough in the programs I do with, with women, but like, there's so much profound about what you've just said in like, to really step into our power and, and be who we are meant to be and be healthy and like be all the things that we, we want to be. It starts with that. I call it, you know, it's in some ways it's identity, but like your identity is your values and, and what you, you place on that. And like you said, you know, so many of us are putting it on external things. It's on the house and the husband and the your, you know, partner, the, the job, the business, like all this stuff outside of you. And it's so powerful when you can just bring that inside. And I talk a lot about, you know, where our truth comes from. And so it's aligning yourself with whatever that is, and then just living from that place. Um, yeah,
1: so spot on. Uh, and yeah. identity is absolutely what it is. Instead of letting the world dictate your identity deciding it from within from a soul level decide what the intention is of who you want to bring to to this life to this world and then the the other part of this that's interesting is the way that uh you know a lot of people can't get quite to that point where they're choosing their values i don't really know and i don't really know who i want to be and that's where like the meditation comes in because if you can't get to that place of self-reflection it's just you're overusing that beta brainwave. It's like sometimes it makes it simpler like, oh, it's not just me. It's it's just how the brain is wired the, and the brain becomes addicted to that beta brainwave. And on top of that, this whole unworthiness cycle, uh, the ego plays such an important role. And I like to think of the ego as the bodyguard, right? And the bodyguard constantly tells ourselves stories and makes up false identities to keep us protected from the feeling of unworthiness. Because in the ego mind, um, which I usually associate with kind of the primal brain, because the ego is just theoretical, but as a literal place in the brain, I usually think of it as the primal brain. And the primal brain um, wants to protect us from, from death. It wants to keep us in survival. And so, but our primal brain perceives any sort of social rejection, any sort of shame, Shame, which is really unworthiness, it perceives all that shame as the equivalent to life-threatening. And so it really all plays together in that yes, you got to choose your values, but also it's really, really important to, like I said in the beginning, to just bring awareness to those moments when your brain is just starts running autopilot on um somebody said something bad about me, or honestly, a lot of times our shame comes from things that people didn't say or things that didn't happen, and we start making up stories which is how the ego gets power. And all of a sudden our ego is just being overused on autopilot. And so it's really about balancing what I call in my programs, all all the five minds that we have. We have um, the heart's mind. We have um, the rational mind. We have the intuitive mind. We have the etheric mind and then the ego mind. And the ego mind is just so dominant in our lives because we're not getting into the spaces where we can be in the other minds, which really happens when we're in alpha brainwaves and theta brainwaves.
0: Super interesting. So if you're taking anything from this, ladies, (laughs) it's like super, super simplify it down. It's We've got to stop long enough to connect (laughs) to ourselves in a different state of being and allow that to be expressed. Um, And that involves making some changes, honestly, and, you know, really just thinking about it. But when we're in this just go, 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 you know, society and drive and it's like, you leave the house at 7 a.m. and don't get home till 11 o'clock at night because of kids activities and all that like we've got to find the way kind of like what you shared with schedules and and whatnot like find the space make the space make the time because that's really Um, where healing comes from too so
1: yeah and my uh because I, I work with clients, but my mom also does something very similar to me. She also coaches people on um, empowerment in just a slightly different way. And um, she was working with a mom the other day, and she's same um, does not have time. And we've been encouraging her to get her to meditate. And she's like, I just don't have time. I just don't have time to meditate. And she she found time to meditate when she was sitting in, car, in the car waiting for her kids to come out of the sport. So it really just goes to show that you can make time for those 10 minutes if you just start to prioritize it, even if it's like feels inconvenient, you're like, someone's going to walk by my car and see me meditating inside. And so there's like a sense of prioritizing your time and making time for just the littlest bit, because it really can make a huge difference.
0: Instead of reaching for your phone, just quiet yourself for a minute. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So in wrapping this up first, you know, where, where can people connect with you? And
1: um, so on Instagram, I'm Gabby Robledo underscore it's G-A-B-I-R-O-B-L-E-D-O and GabbyRobledo.com. You can learn more about all my meditations and breathworks that I guide people through and all my different programs. And then on YouTube, um, my sister and my mom and I have a brand that we work together with um, and it's making mindfulness fun. And we just talk about how you can make time in your life to be mindful and how to really um, awaken your highest self.
0: Awesome. And I will, I'll put all those in the show notes and make sure people have access to that. But any final words, I mean, you've packed like bombshells and tons of wisdom and just like, for for how young you are, I'm really impressed with the uh, <laughs> kind of you. level that you live life at, but you know, any final <laughs> parting thoughts that you have for our listeners today?
1: Let's see. Um, I think it's, my last thing would be just to you have the time in your life to really be the warrior that is within you. I believe everyone that has the spirit of a warrior within them and a warrior is not someone who's fighting the battles out there. A warrior is the one that is, it's the voice inside our own heads because I think the biggest battle we have to face is actually the one inside our own minds because we are really our biggest enemy to an extent. We are set up to have this negativity bias. We are set up for failure in so many ways, just on a neurological level that we have to take control over our minds if we want to live the, the best version of our lives that we really can. And it's absolutely possible um, to, to live your dream life, to have everything that you desire, but you have to start by taking control of your mind first. And that starts by being aware of what goes through your mind. At, and, and that starts small, you know, if you just notice one thought a day, that's huge, but eventually you'll start to. Get good at the practice of noticing your thoughts, and soon you're going to be aware of your thoughts every moment of every day. And when you reach that that place of mastery of your mind, you are unlimited. Because if you if you have awareness of your mind at that level, you can shift your mind in any way you want. When you can shift your your mind to work for you instead of against you, your body starts to work for you, not against not against you. And your life start. You become the magnetic attractor of all the things that you desire in your physical reality. And frankly, at that point, all the things you desire in your physical reality are just a natural byproduct because you're going to be feeling this sense of fulfillment that comes when you control your energy and your mind.
0: Awesome. I love it. Gabby, thank you so much for joining us and just sharing your I don't even know what to call it, but it was awesome. (laughs) Your awesomeness. Thank you for sharing your awesomeness (laughs) with us listeners. Well, thank you for having me
1: on. It was nice to chat with you about all this. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about.